Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. The Tiger Cats, ladies and gentlemen, and kids cover your ears are 0 and 3 following a 41 26 loss at the hands of the BC Lions. It started with some promise tonight. There was some Positive things happening in the first quarter, but man, oh man, did the wheels ever come off, and there are, man, a a variety of things we can talk about tonight. Of course, we always want to hear uh, who your vote is for player of the game tonight. In my mind tonight, it is a slam dunk. Not, Not only a slam dunk, it is a monster jam. It's like Michael Jordan lifting off from the foul line and uh, and dunking it. Uh, this, uh, this to me, is a no-brainer for player of the game. But uh, we'll open up the phones. We'll uh, accept your emails and your tweets on your player of the game vote. We will uh, crown our latest fifth-quarter fan of the night. And I do, uh, before the show is over, at, uh, around 11.30 tonight, I do want to make a special announcement in terms of two super fans who really made uh, my evening uh, a little more enjoyable. Uh, but we'll get to that a little later on in the program. Lines are open, as I said, 905-645-3221. Star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email me your thoughts on tonight's game, your player of the game nominee, your thoughts on the future of this uh, football club this season. Uh, the email address, rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, as always, at Rick Samprin at am900chml. So as you're getting your um, calling fingers busy and your emailing fingers busy and your uh, your tweet deck going, uh, let's run down the uh, the scoring summary tonight. There was a lot, a lot of action tonight, uh, most of which happening in the first half and a little bit in the fourth quarter as well. Um, I, I got to say, the Ticats secondary, at least in the first quarter, played some pretty good football. I mean, in the very first pass of the game, you have Jonathan Jennings go down with an injury, uh, hit by Devon Coleman on a big hit. And on that first toss, Richard Leonard intercepted Jennings. So, hey, things were looking up because a few plays later, Jeremiah Masoli runs in for a one-yard touchdown. It's 7 nothing Hamilton uh, about uh, seven minutes into this ballgame. And that was an impressive drive. Nine plays, 73 yards on that first TD drive. Uh, they had five passing plays. They had four rushing plays. They soaked up four minutes and eight seconds of action. That was an impressive drive, a balanced drive. And uh, and I think fans were like, yeah, this is working. They're passing. They're running. They got a turnover. They scored a touchdown. Check marks across the board. Travis Lule then came in to replace Jonathan Jennings. And, well, the rest is history on this night. He hit Shaquille Johnson uh, for his first CFL touchdown, 11-yard TD strike. Went for a two-point convert, but that was intercepted by Richard Johnson again, and he almost took it all the way back. Was tackled, uh, I think it was around the BC 40 or so. So 7-6 after the first quarter of play. Uh, Richard Leonard also had a fumble recovery in that first quarter as Marco Iannuzzi was stripped of the ball. So three turnovers, eh, count it three if you, if you count the interception on the two-point convert. Three turnovers in that first quarter. Yet the Ticats are only up by one point, 7-6. To the second quarter we go, after a 60-yard pass to end, or, uh, end the first quarter, uh, from Zach Caleros to Jalen Saunders, all the way to the BC4, uh, one minute into the second quarter, Ross Schurman runs in for a four-yard touchdown. It's Ticats 13, BC 6. Because Sergio Castillo missed the extra point. It was that kind of night, folks. Uh, he was wide left couple of sacks in that quarter by the Tiger Cats, Capicotti and Laurent. Uh, Khalid Wooten had an interception as well. So this Ticats defense was playing pretty darn good. You know, up 13-6, defense playing well. Things are looking up. It's at least looking more positive than the first two games. But that's when the wheels kind of fell off. Because Lule in the BC Lions dynamic offense said, to heck with this, we're taking this game over. And boy, did they ever. Lule on a one-yard touchdown run, then found Brian Burnham on a two-point convert as the Lions took the lead 14-3 to with a minute 40 left in the first half. 
After a T.J. Lee interception, the Lions come right back, and 59 seconds later, it's Lule to Nick Moore on a 10-yard touchdown. Lions up 21-13. Just before halftime, the Cats get on the board. It's Sergio Castillo with a 48-yard field goal, uh, his only field goal of the night, 21-16 at halftime for the B.C. Lions. So third quarter we go, and B.C. uh, puts its foot down once again. Ty Long with a 14-yard field goal to make it 24-16 Lions. Lule to Brian Burnham on a 6-yard touchdown. It was originally called incomplete, but Wally Bono throws the challenge flag, and Burnham made a sensational catch. Uh, So the call of incomplete is overturned. It is a TD. Lions with 2.50 to play in the third go up 31-16. They take that lead into the fourth where Ty Long crushes a 50-yard field goal with lots of room to spare. It's 34-16 for BC. Pretty impressive Ticats drive in this fourth quarter on this scoring play as Caleros hits Jalen Saunders for his first CFL touchdown. Nice over-the-shoulder uh, over catch by Saunders. It's a 25-yard TD play. And the two-point convert was good. 34-24 BC lead. So the Ticats within 10. But back comes BC. Very next drive. Jeremiah Johnson and a four-yard touchdown run. It's 41-24 lines. They then get a turnover on downs as the Cats trying to get in from the BC 5 just could not. And uh, Ty Long concedes a safety to round out the scoring play. It's the Lions 41, Tiger Cats 26. So Hamilton now 0-3. And, and for the third game in a row, all three games this season, the Tiger Cats have allowed a quarterback to throw for at least... 380 yards. That happened last week with Kevin Glenn. This week, Travis Lule, who comes in in relief appearance because Jennings got hurt on his first pass, he throws for a career-high 436 yards. Completes 80% of his passes, has three TDs and a couple of interceptions. Wow, what a ball game for Travis Lule. Zach Caleros? Eh... 30 of 48 sounds pretty good, but that's only 62% of his tosses. He threw for 61, 361 yards, which is impressive. But, I mean, BC was really in a prevent defense for most of the second half. Uh, Zachala had a uh, touchdown and an interception as well. All right, let's open up the phone lines. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at AM900CHML, at Rick Samprin. And we start off with Jack in Hamilton. Good evening, Jack. Hey, Rick. How are you, buddy? I'm uh, not too bad. Yourself? Pretty good, thank you. What's going on? They, they stink, Rick. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, they do. And and there were some spots in tonight's game where we may have thought that perhaps, maybe, they're going to come along. But you know what? That was the first quarter, right? They played well in the first quarter. Yeah. In the first quarter, exactly. But a football game is four quarters long. Exactly so. And uh, Lule comes off the bench and just torches us. And I don't know. I I I, I know I, I probably sound disappointed because I am a Tiger Cat fan. But by the same token, I'm not because I'm thinking to myself that you know it's one game closer to getting rid of this entire buddy regime. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this regime. I, I, I'd like to see. Um, some better coaching. I think the the league, uh, I said this the last two weeks I've called you, and, and I've said this, I think the league has caught up to Austin's offense. And, and what, what more can we say? Well, if they've caught up to Austin's offense, uh, man, this team's in trouble. This, well, yeah, this team's in big-time trouble. It, I mean, what, what evidence have we that they haven't? I, I mean, that Last year was a bad year. The year before was, a, you know, I mean, yeah, people will say there was a fluke play with Burris to Ellingson in the Eastern final and, and, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they, I, I, I just, I would like to see a, a different regime here, a Tressman-like or, or even Marcel Belfay, a, a very fine gentleman. And I thought he was a good coach. He was nine and nine and they fired him and, I don't know. I, I think somebody else can do a better job with, 
with, with the talent we have. I think we have some talent. I think we have some players. I think Kolaris is, is, is a good quarterback. I, I think we got some good receivers and running backs. I, I think we're okay in terms of talent. But I, I think it's our scheme. I, I think it's – what do they call it? The culture nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. The, the culture of the team. I, I think that is the problem. I really do. I, I think a guy – you know what? Can you imagine a guy like Mark Tressman ha- having Caleros and the receivers and the running backs that we have? I, I can't imagine that, we, that we'd be 0-3. And, so you, you just you just think the players have tuned out, uh, Kent Austin? I don't know. You know, I, I read an article uh, today, maybe on Three Down Nation, saying that uh, there was a rift between Austin and Kolaris. Um, You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, a couple of games ago, Kolaris uh, came off the field and was yelling at Austin. Um, last year, I think there were some problems where Kolaris, I think I, I heard it from you, not from anybody else. My eyesight is bad, so I cannot... Uh, watch the games. So well, I, you're not uh, missing much. <laughs> no, I know that. I know that. But I, I rely upon the, the play-by-play calling, which I won't comment on. However, I, I do get a sense of what's going on, believe it or not. Um, but um, th- th- there was some talk of uh, Calero sitting by himself on the bench. I'm talking about last year now. Huh. A- and I, I just get a sense that uh, he's kind of tuned out. The, the Austin uh, offense. I think Tommy Con- Condell was uh, a big loss to Austin, and I, I just would like to see a, a coach that, like Trustman or or somebody that, that that can take this talent and and bring it to the next level. Uh, I, I think we have the talent. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, kind of iffy on the on the money that's been paid to some players. Pardon me, like uh, say Teddy, Teddy Laurent and, and so forth. I, I I would have much preferred to have retained somebody like uh, Jason, Justin Medlock, and you know maybe dropped Laurent's salary by about fifty thousand dollars or whatever. Um, however, it, you know it is what it is. You know we got the guys that we got, and uh, but I really do believe that uh, we have the talent here. But I I, I think it's the coaching. I think it's the coaching. I, I, I would like to see Austin go. I'd like to see Tillman go. I'd like to see that whole mess go and, and bring in somebody that, you know. Do you, do you remember um, when Kent Austin was the OC with the Argos? Yeah, that was for one season, I believe. It, well, it wasn't even an entire season. Now, this was at the time, I believe, uh, Bob Young took over the Cats and uh, two other guys took over the Argos. Cinnamon, and I don't remember the other guy. Sokolowski. That's him. Yeah. And now the Argos did what they usually do when, when, when they want to put uh, bums in the seats. They go out and, 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 and grab a high-profile player, and they did with Ricky Williams. And Austin would not change his offensive philosophy to accommodate Ricky. This is Ricky freaking Williams. Mm-hmm. And if you're a running back in the NFL who, who, who is a star, you can be a running back and a star in the CFL. This is not a quarterback. Quarterback's a little bit different. You know, if a quarterback who's a star in the NFL may come up here and may not be able to play, I'll concede that. But a running back is a running back. And anyway, you know, like Austin had to know, because he'd been in the CFL, he had to know that these two owners rescued a team from bankruptcy and were trying to put bums in the seats to, you know, create interest in in the CFL in Toronto. And he couldn't even be a team player to to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, say, okay, we got Ricky Williams here. The fans are coming to see him. Let me change up my philosophy a little bit to get to, you know, so that the fans are, are coming for what, you know, the, the, are, are, are seeing what they're paying to see. And, and, you know, in the end, of course, the Argos fired him halfway through the season or whatever it was, because they wouldn't, he wouldn't, he would not change his philosophy to accommodate. And, you know, that, that says a couple of things. First of all, you got Ricky freaking Williams. And second, what kind of a team player is that? You know, like he, he understands the problems in the CFL. I mean, there were bankruptcies everywhere and, you know, let's help these two guys out that are res- trying to rescue the team 
that you know, I mean, Austin's been around the league a long time, and it, you know, I, I I would venture so far as that this team has fed his family for many a year, hmm. or not this team, but this league. Right. So perhaps maybe you would do something, you know, in return, right? In, in any of it. I hear you. Hey, Jack, who's your player of the game? I'd probably go with Lule. Okay. You know, it's um, he was outstanding. He really was, and. You know, I, 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 was, I was listening to the game, and, and uh, in the first quarter I thought, gee, I, I, I'm going to be surprised here tonight. But, you know, again, I, I wasn't. But I, as I say, <laughs> I'm not too disappointed because I, I'm really hoping that, you know, Bob Young or the powers of D.C., that this is just not the guy to sort of bring this team into the, to the place where it needs to be. We have the talent, Rick. We really do. I mean, we got some outstanding defensive players, outstanding receivers. Um, I like uh, the running back we have, Sherman. Is that his name, Sherman? Ross Sherman, yep. And, you know, Kolaros, I, I really do believe, has the potential to be an elite quarterback in this league. But he hasn't showed it this year at all. No, he struggled. He has struggled uh, ever since, uh, really, the ACL and, and some of the concussion woes that, uh, that he has suffered. Uh, Jack, we got to run. Great call, as always. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, my friend. Take care. All right, you too. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We have Adam on the line. We have a number of tweets and emails to get to. We'll take a quick break here on the fifth corner on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. Rick Samprin here. Will Erskine on the other side of the glass. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. The BC Lions 41, the Hamilton Tiger Cats 26. Hamilton now 0-3. BC, by the way, 3 and one. We're naming our player of the game tonight. It's always here on the fifth quarter. We're taking your calls at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email your thoughts on tonight's game. Vote for the player of the game. Rick at 900CHML.com is the email address. At Rick Samprin at AM900CHML on Twitter. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. You can name your player of the game. Talk about what is wrong with this Tiger Cats team. What needs to change? I know the calls for a new regime, or at least a new head coach, have grown louder and louder and louder. Let's not forget that this team lost a bunch of games down the stretch last year. I think the stat is now they've won one out of their last ten games dating back to last season. And if you do want to talk about some bright spots, any bright spots jump out at you? One in particular jumped out at me. That's Lamar Holmes. And some people at home or those driving back home after the game are thinking, Lamar Holmes, that name kind of sounds familiar. Right tackle, big dude, 6'6", 333. I thought played pretty well tonight in place of Jordan Swindle, who was more turnstile-like in uh, weeks one and three against Toronto and Saskatchewan. By the way, quick point on Ken Austin's time with the Argonauts in terms of an offensive coordinator. He was there from 2004 to 06. Uh, tweets coming in from, oh, I do got to mention this too. Former Tiger Cat offensive lineman Jeremy Lewis tweeted, uh, oh, about eight minutes ago, uh, grind with a smile. Maybe a dig at the Tiger Cats, maybe a dig at his former franchise. Uh, tweet from Jen, who writes in, uh, Leonard seemed to play very well. He's my player of the game in reference to Rashard Leonard, who had a couple of interceptions and a fumble recovery. And Michael tweets at Rick Zamprin, player of the game is Travis Lule, didn't show any rust and was very methodical. Travis Lule tonight looked like the Travis Lule of five, six, seven years ago. He was really good. Bruce on Twitter as well. I should have stayed up north instead of rushing back to watch this game. Player of the game, Lule. Hashtag Austin needs to go. He also uses the hashtag fifth quarter, which we encourage you to all do. Back to the phones we go. Adam has been waiting patiently. Adam, good evening. How are you? Good, Rick. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, Firstly, player of the game has to be Leonard. Uh, He had an amazing first half and was a great anchor in the secondary. I can't argue uh, with that. He had he had his best game easily of, of the season, and I thought he was one of the more stable guys back there. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, you get halfway through the second quarter and into the third, and just the decision-making and the play-calling was atrocious. Uh, it was just, you know, I think there was something like five straight incomplete passes to Collins, 
you know, what kind of offense are you trying to run if you're throwing to the same guy five times and five straight times, he doesn't make a completion. And then you go an entire quarter without a first down. And it boggles my mind, the play calling. On second and long, we're doing check downs or five-yard crosses. And, you know, at, at some point you have to take a shot and trust your offensive line and your running back to provide a couple extra seconds to throw the ball downfield. It was just mind-boggling to me. That, in a nutshell, was the first half, because I thought they moved the ball very well in the first half. They ran the ball effectively, or in the first quarter, I should say. In the second quarter, they just said, okay, we're just going to start passing uh, on every down here. And I, I think they ended up with 37 offensive yards in the second quarter. That's yeah. that's pitiful. And they had probably, well, they guaranteed had less than 20 in the third quarter. Because they didn't get a first down in the yeah, third. They, they were, yeah, they were brutal in the, in, the, in the second and the third. So going into the half, coming out of the half, uh, they had nothing. Nothing offensively. No. And you know what? The, our running back who is taking over for CJ, he did an unbelievable job. He's got amazing footwork, for one thing, and a great vision down the field. He did incredible. Pains me to say because I'm a big CJ Gable fan, but he was incredible, and they just abandoned him. And, you know, you go back to the Super Bowl, and all the Falcons had to do was run the ball because that's all they were doing effectively. <laughs> yeah. and they could have they could have won if the Tiger Cats kept the ball on the ground on first down. You know that makes those five yard crossing routes plausible. But you know when you're second and long, you just can't throw it to Luke Tasker over the middle and think he's going to break a tackle every time. And it's just it was an embarrassing display from a good team. And the most frustrating part is that they're not going to change. No, they won't, because Ken Austin is a very stubborn man, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. But thanks for taking the call, Rick. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Have a good week. We'll talk to you after next Thursday's game, as it is rather a short week for the Tiger Cats as they entertain the Edmonton Eskimos next Thursday night. It's a 7.30 start time at Tim Hortons Field. And... Um, uh, we'll be on the air at about uh, 10.30 or so. Uh, wanted to get to this email, this uh, one from Randy, who always writes, subject, uh, distractions, poor offense, lack of output. Here we go. Hello, Rick. I was at this game. Uh, I will mention some things on and off the field that concern me. On the field, a poor performance. The first quarter held promise. A great plays by Leonard. Some good catches initially by Junior Collins and some defensive lineman momentum. A few nice catches by Jalen Saunders. After that, it was all downhill. Sloppy tackling, lots of Hamilton penalties. Even the goalpost was assessed a penalty in the fourth quarter. At some points, the crowd booing due to inefficiency. My player of the game, the center field logo. Although Jalen Saunders is given some consideration. Off the fields, this was a different crowd feeling all game. I can't recall a crowd like this before. Totally distracted, late crowd arrivals due to late access allowed, and not accounting for time spent for safety screening, although screening is understandable. Uh, Randy continues to write, On-field host Natalie and Max screaming into an already loud microphone. It was clearly the most distracted crowd I've ever seen. Two ladies talked three-quarters Blocking view section 215. Calling out a couple of ladies. Kibitzing. Uh, two others were blocking an aisle showing phone pictures to their friends. Where are the ushers? The concession staff were having trouble early making the sale, uh, even though the gates had just opened. I'm not confident in what I am seeing on the field. A nasty game. Not even a sellout. It could be a long year. Coach Austin has a load of work to do. Has GM Eric Tillman even in the picture? Uh, good night, Rick. I will enjoy the fifth quarter as always. Randy from Oakville. Lots of things to address. Uh, I don't get that. Um, I don't get that much of a feel for the crowd uh, because I'm not in the crowd during the game. I'm up in the press box, and we're kind of segregated from uh, how noisy it is down there, or how raucous it is, or how electric it is in the crowd. Obviously, we can hear you guys cheering, but it's just not the same feel as if you're in the game. And in the stands. Uh, back to the phones we go. We got uh, Stephen, we got Tim, we got Riley. We will uh, get to now Ian. Uh, Ian, uh, good evening. Welcome to the fifth quarter. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I've, uh, I don't know, it's just painful to watch today. We've all been better, yes. Yeah, just slightly off topic. We're, I, I'm not, I can't understand. I go to Tim Hortons Field and I can't even buy coffee. But anyways, uh, they don't sell it in the concessions anymore. <laughs> 
That's kind of weird, isn't and it? I'm, I'm not, and I'm not joking. And I'm not joking. Wow. Um, but anyways, uh, the uh, I'm not blaming Claris. I think the O line was getting were 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 doing better today. Receivers aren't getting open. You see, Claris, he's just looking around, and, and a few times he's running for his life, um, and he had nobody to throw through. They were just covered. Our secondary, it's been three years. These guys are horrible. Like they they're given five ten yards of of cushion to these receivers, and and they can't tackle. Something I don't know what it is, but it's bad. It is really really bad. We are the worst team in the league, and I don't know if it's because you know maybe because we're not doing so great at the beginning, and maybe we'll we'll start to pick it up. I'm glad it's happening early in the season, not late in the season, because the past few years we, we peaked too early. Um, but there's a problem. And if you notice, ever since Condell left, there has been no uh, real uniqueness or, or real specialty to our offense anymore. Like, Tasker doesn't even get the ball. He's not even open. There's even a problem on the offense, just the whole play calling. Does it come down to Austin? You know, a coach usually stays five, six years, and it, you know, it's maybe time to move on. There's only the few, Huffnagel and Buono, that stick around. Yeah, you mentioned Condell. This offense has not looked anything like it did when he was around. And, and maybe he wasn't the architect of the scheme or the playbook or the offense, but it sure ticked when he was in the mix. And then Lule comes in. When's the last time he played a game? Oh, my gosh. And he just ripped us pieces. We have to be on a total of, of uh, uh, offensive yards for the, I guess, passing yards for the uh, other team, well over 1,000. We've got to be close, uh, you, close to 1,500 after three games. Well, they, they, they gave four, 436 tonight. It was, it was 380 last week, and it was 506 in week one. So we are well over a grand. We're all, we're we're pushing fifteen hundred after three games. Yeah, that 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 you shouldn't have that in even half a year. Well, no, it'll be it'll be more than that in half a year. I mean, this is the CFL, but I know what you're saying. Well, okay, you're you're close, but what I'm saying is that there's a major problem, and I mean, is it is it uh, uh, the, the defensive coordinator? I don't know, but if you notice, Condell left. Undeclosed health thing, quote unquote, ends up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had Steinhauer left. You know, with a smoke, there's fire. Some I've heard. I don't know. These just maybe rumors, but uh, maybe Austin's starting to lose his bench. Could be. Ian, thanks for the call. I have a good one. You too. Um, coming into this game, keep in mind they allowed 436 yards tonight. Coming into this game, after their first two games, they allowed an average of 443 passing yards a game. The next team on that list, so they'll be eighth on the list, would be Winnipeg, again coming into this week, uh, was averaging 354 yards passing per game. So almost 100 yards more the Ticats defense is allowing through the air. By contrast, the Edmonton Eskimos who are coming to Tim Hortons Field on Thursday, coming into this week, allowing just 215 passing yards a game. That is absolutely unbelievable. Lots more calls to get to. Stephen, Tim, Riley, we'll get to you. Tons of emails, tons of tweets as well. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin back with you here, 41-26 BC over the Tiger Cats tonight. Hamilton now 0-3 on the season. Man, oh man, oh man, what is wrong with these Hamilton Tiger Cats? What's your theory? Well, we asked our Twitterverse, our fans on Twitter, uh, Waterboy tweets, if I start now, Bill Kelly will have to push back uh, his at least an hour on Monday. Uh, Dwight tweets, Kent Austin. Jeff chimes in with coaching, coaching, coaching. Austin and his yes-men have lost the team. Recruitment and management is bad as well. Uh, Justin on Twitter, at Rick Samprin. Hi, Rick. I'm tired and emotionally smashed by the lack of creativity on offense and the lack of preparation on defense. Hashtag culture. Uh, Bruce chimes in again. Banks needs to go also. While teams still want him, our secondary... I'll say stinks. Uh, what role is Fantuz in? 
Hashtag fifth quarter. Uh, Fantuz is, uh, what do they call him now? Player player development coordinator? Something that effect. He's just hanging around. He's, he's the hanging around guy until he's healthy and get back on the field. Uh, Justin, and my player of the game is Lule. Wow, big time backup performance. What's wrong with the Ticats? Jake says anything and everything. Uh, Pigskin Pete writes, my player of the game, Dr. Levy, uh, for 35, actually it's 45 years of being a great doctor. Uh, love our fans, Oski Wee Wee. Manny tweets, Reinbold D stinks, McKnight's team suck, Austin's offense sucks, Section 109 fantastic. Hashtag fire Austin 1-9 in the last 10 games. Uh, it is not a record to write home about. Uh, Austin, uh, not Kent Austin, on Twitter tweets, a great first half, unfortunate loss. Uh, wish Austin was more flexible. Player of the game goes to Leonard for me. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com on Twitter at Rick Samprin at am900chml. We're going to get all these callers on the air, and we will start with Tim. Tim, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. Uh, to me, I think Austin's just the problem. Okay. Uh, TSN showed the stats the last few years. We've always been slow starts. When's mm-hmm. that going to change? And, you know, I'm kind of worried about the defense. When you give up 500 yards passing to a 37-year-old, 400 yards to Travis Lule, and mm-hmm. then Kevin Glant throws for almost 400 yards, it's like, what, what's Mitchell going to put up or Mike Riley going to put up? When they play us, that's pretty scary. Edmonton's three and zero. Yeah, that that might get ugly. Yeah, I mean, like I think he's lost the locker room, and to me, the player of the game should be the fans who stayed for that whole game. Good vote. I like that one. So, I think just we need a change. But who would you who would you do you think is out there that we might be able to get as the next head coach? Well, ninety nine times out of a hundred, when you make a coaching change in season you are going to promote someone on an interim basis, and that person is going to be within your organization. So when you look down the list, it, it's, it has to be Jeff Reinbold. It would have to be. I mean, you go down the list. I got the coaching staff in front of me. Yep. Um, Jeff Reinbold, defensive coordinator. Steph Potasik, there's no way they're going to name him the head coach. They're not even allowing him to call the offensive plays. Dennis yeah. McKnight, special teams coordinator, he's not ready. Mike Markison on the O-line coach, he's not going to – Corey Grant, running backs coach, nope. Uh, Philip Lawley, defensive run game uh, coordinator and linebacker coach, nope. Dennis McPhee has been here for a while, but as yeah. a D-line coach, to be a head coach, that's very rare. Uh, James Stanley, defensive backs coach. William Fields, defensive special teams assistant. And Jared Baines, offensive quality control, that's a big no there. It, it, it would be Jeff Reinbold. Uh, or someone from outside the organization, I don't think they'll go outside. And I, I don't wouldn't like Reinbold. I mean, when your defense has given up 1,500 yards of total offense in the first three games, that wouldn't be my number one choice for a head coach. Sure, and then and then you're going to need a defensive coordinator unless he does both, and now you're really stretching things. Yeah. Well, hopefully maybe Eric Tillman can work some magic around. We shall <laughs> see. Back. Tim, thanks for the call. Thank you so much, Rick. Back to the phone deck we go, and uh, we will go to Stephen. Stephen, how are you? Hello. Hi. Um, can I ask a question, please? You certainly can. Okay. Why was uh, the defensive back Will Hill suspended? Will Hill was suspended for abusing an official last week. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw it. So he grabbed an official's jersey after getting into an argument with another Rough Riders player, which he got fined for because he punched the player. Uh, and he was ejected wow. from that ball game, so the, the suspension was almost automatic. Well, how long? Uh, just uh, this game. Just he just got one game. Uh, what is your opinion of that? I thought he should have got at least two games. Uh, well, well, of his behavior, what is your opinion? Well, I don't like that at all. I mean, as a fu- with any professional athlete, there are pressures all over the place, on and off the field. Okay. But there is no way on this planet that you should ever touch an official. I would agree with that. We got to protect those guys. That's why I thought the commissioner was going to make a statement to say What's this is unacceptable. We got to give him two. In, in game one, when he uh, called, apparently called out players. What was your opinion of that? I don't I like heard, that. Oh, excuse me, please. Let me. I I don't mean to be uh, uh, retroactive here, but right. uh, the media seemed to say, "Oh, that was a little bit of uh, of of behavior that was for the team, and he's a passionate guy and." And now this happens later, I hear. 
Sure. Uh, and in terms of calling out players, I don't mind that. Yeah, behavior in, in game one that was not called out by the media was actually promoted. Uh, Marshall Ferguson on TSN radio, uh, I think that's his name, uh, promoted the behavior as saying it was le- it was showing leadership. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, you know, th- there's two there's two uh, rules of thought here. I-, I don't mind that, but here's what I don't like about that situation: is that Will Hill? Which situation? Well, of him calling out his teammates okay. or or getting them Coaches. to or yeah. He, what, was, he was basically criticizing that 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 that, that they were having too many substitutions. He got in the coach's face. Apparently, okay. Yeah, well, welcome to the CFL. It, 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 Meaning what? Meaning, I mean, he's a CFL rookie. I don't care if he played in the NFL. He's not a rookie. Well, no, he's a CFL rookie. He played a lot of games in the NFL for a very legitimate franchise. No, I know that. Yeah, you're missing my point. He is a CFL rookie. He would actually be up for CFL rookie of the year because he's never played in the CFL. Behavior. What's that? Does that excuse his behavior because he's a rookie? No, but that's the point I'm trying to make. I don't mind that he's going to call out his team, but being a first-year player, I don't think that should happen. But I don't think that should happen. Okay. He's been in the league for two games, and he's calling out guys? Come on. Okay, I see your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. But in a general sense, hey, if Zach Calero got up, if Zach Caleros got up and said, "Guys, I mean, we got to pick up our socks here," that to me, I don't, I don't mind that at all. He's trying to rally the troops. But for Will Hill to do that, no, sir. Okay, um, where, where do they stand with him uh, uh, integrating him into the team at, at, at this point? Then oh, he'll be starting next week. What's your opinion of that? That's fine. If he's the best player at his position, if they can tolerate his attitude, go for it. If they can integrate his attitude. Well, that's up to the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, another question, please. How many yards are they giving up uh, per uh, rush? You seem to know all the stats. Well, I have stats going into this game, so this is not including tonight's game. Uh, so rushing yards, Hamilton is giving up 66.5 rushing yards per game. Okay. That's not too bad. That's the top three. Uh, and uh, what's their um, uh, uh, sack total? Like how many times have they sacked the quarterback over three games? Sax, uh, X, 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 X. I'm going to have to look that one up. That's on a different page. And you don't have the uh, actual stats of how many uh, uh, tackles uh, cornerbacks or uh, defensive backs are making. No, I'd have to go to like the actual player stats. Uh, in terms of sacks, Hamilton has four coming into this game, and I think they had three tonight. So seven. They, they had three uh, quarterback sacks tonight. You mm-hmm. don't have pressure totals or anything, though, right? No. Okay. What am I, CFL stats? Come on. Well, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Steven, who's your player of the game tonight? Um, for Tiger Cats? Uh, anybody. It can be anybody. Under, it can be the anthem singer, who I thought did I a fantastic job. Where did they get this Jones, uh, this Jones from? What, where, where did he come out of? You're talking about Mike Jones? Uh, receiver, yes. Yeah, number 12. Uh, he's a guy of Southern uh, University, but he's a Canadian he kid. Southern. And uh, did he have uh, any uh, experience outside of the Tiger Cats? Do you know of? Uh, no, zero. Oh, wow. Uh, so he's a young guy, 22, 23? Uh, Mike Jones is 25. Oh, he's 25, so he must have had some... Will be 25 this year. Did he play in the Arena League or the NFL or anywhere, or...? Uh, no. No, he went from university to the CFL. Okay. Is he your player of the game? Uh, for the Tiger Cats, yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. For BC, oh, geez, there's, there's a lot, but obviously, uh, it's, uh, it's fairly easy to, uh, look good against the Tiger Cats. They're not exactly... <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Stephen, we got to run. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go back to the top of the phone deck. Uh, Stephen was playing, I think, 20 questions. I didn't have a lot of answers for him. Riley, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Rick. How good. about you? I'm okay. You got any questions for me? <laughs> uh, no. No, no. Okay. No. Just a, a little quick football talk. All right. Um, uh, I, the question seems to be, what's wrong with the Tiger Cats? Yeah. And I would say it's absolutely the defensive backfield. Okay. Um, they're they're showing that they're slow. They look confused out there. They're not making the kind of tackles they need to be making. And um, I I know that the score might not suggest it, but uh, I would say that the offensive line showed some positive strides tonight. I agree. Yeah, I would I would say that they've they've sort of adapted from their try to outmuscle uh, their defensive counterparts into sort of uh, folding and turning sort of a, a flex uh, offensive line position, as you would. Uh, they kind of 
they kind of roll back and uh, open up some space for some running room and uh, some drop passes for Caleros into the flat. Uh, so I would say that there's some improvement there. And if you really want to go after what the problem is with the Tiger Cats, it is certainly the defense. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Who's your player of the game today? Uh, I don't know. I I I have a hard time naming a player for the other team, so I would say that I was kind of impressed with what Calero showed. He was finally kind of stepping up. He had some uh, time in the pocket to make some throws. He did overthrow a few guys, but I... A uh, diehard Ticats fan would say Caleros was the guy tonight. <laughs> I think he had his best game of the year tonight. It was his best game of the year, and that's not saying much. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he did. He did have some time to throw tonight. I say that was some improvement, and I would look for more of that going forward. Definitely. Thanks for the call, Riley. Thank you. Uh, we have Mario, Thomas, Debbie, stay on the line. We're going to get back to you in two minutes here on the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. BC Lions beating the Hamilton Tiger Cats 41-26 to tonight. Not a good outing for the Ticats, save for maybe the first quarter. At least they came out and played a good start of the game. Uh, but that was pretty much it. Uh, BC Lions really took over, and Travis Lule had himself a game tonight, throwing for a career-high 400 36 yards. Who's your player of the game? We'll name our fan of the night. You can call us at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Uh, at Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML is the Twitter address. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. You can also email rick at 900CHML.com. Kevin on email, I held little hope for them tonight, even before the game. After watching it, I hold very little hope for them this season. As I see it, the defensive secondary is a non-factor, and the entire defense is poor. Tonight, Caleros stunk, looked like a deer in headlights. Why? Because they have no coaching. Reinbold is no defensive coordinator, and our head coach, Austin, has outlived his tenure here. He will address the press, saying, We made some plays, but we have to get better. Yeah, right. We have no chance Thursday, and the West Swing will be equally bad. Look for 0-6 by the end of July. Mr. Caretaker, in the misery, you will never win a Grey Cup with Austin. Back to the phones we go. Mario has been waiting patiently. Hello, Mario. Hi. Uh, I guess I'd like to start with the positives. I, I thought the offensive line did a much better job. The offense had some moments, and I, and I think there's some optimism of progress. Uh, I think the defensive line continues to show good pressure. We put Jennings out early. Uh, they were really coming at uh, BC all night, but the ball was getting off in time, and I hate to agree with most of the other callers. Uh, the defensive backfield just wasn't doing the job. And my question is, when are uh, Kane and Davis coming back? Good, good question, because they're both on the six-game injured list. Actually, Kane uh, moved from the six-game to the one-game, so I think, well, obviously he's a lot closer. Whether he's going to be good enough to go Thursday remains to be seen. If he's back at practice and at least participating, that's a good sign, and may uh, compete for the Cats on Thursday. If not, uh, his first game is going to be uh, in Calgary on uh, July, the or pardon me, in uh, yeah, in Calgary, July 29th. That would be the next game. So that would be week six. And that's the area we have to get better. I mean, the defense, with the pressure we're getting, if we can get a bit better coverage going, you might be able to, or we might be able to turn the defense around. Between those two guys and, and Courtney and, and maybe Leonard now, we might actually have four DBs that can play the game. And uh, that means we're searching for one more guy. Hopefully. I'm trying to be an optimist here. Mm-hmm. Well, and that that one guy could be Damon Washington, or it could be a guy who's not with the team right now, or it could be even a guy who's uh, in the secondary, might move to a different position and might be a little more effective. So uh, they definitely need some change in the secondary. We know that. Uh, how it's going to happen and, and who steps up, uh, that remains to be seen. Who's your player of the game tonight? Well, I have to agree with an earlier caller who said uh, our 13th man was really the, the best uh, player that we had on the team tonight and uh, really admiring the loyalty of other Tiger Cat diehards. Good stuff. Mario, thanks for the call. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
Email from uh, Stephen out in Penticton, B.C. Greetings, Rick. I wanted to see a few games before making comments about our 2017 Cats. I agree with your first caller this evening. He was spot on. The talent is there. Kent must step down as head coach and go into the GM role. Um, hope before our Cats go 6 or 7 and 0. Oh. Uh, he might be referring to 0 and 6 or 0 and 7. Uh, this is not on the players. Kent holds all the keys to this team. It is on him, period. Uh, back to the phones we go, and Debbie is on the line. Good evening, Debbie. Hi. Hello. Um, I was at the game, and there were lots of positives that I saw. Okay, what did you see? O-line, O-line really stepped up. Mm-hmm. John Chick really had a good game, and there was a lot of pressure. You know, like the D-line stepped up, too. Um, I agree that Ken Austin has to go, <laughs> and the problem is, who do you who do you replace him with? That is the question. Yes. Um, I really think that the fans were very engaged in the game, and they really tried to keep the cats in the game. So, but my play of the game is John Chick. Player of the game, John Chick. Debbie, thanks for the call. Alrighty, bye. Short and sweet. Good comments from Debbie. Let's go to Thomas. Hey, Thomas, how are you? Oh. <laughs> that sums it up right there. We can all go home. <laughs> you know, I've watched the Cats since I was a kid, and I enjoyed the CFL game for years. And Over time, I've kind of been turned off by the CFL game. Um, tonight was a typical example. Um, they played a lot of cover one <laughs> uh, because of that young secondary and blitzed way too much. Um, on the bright side, um, that new right tackle seems to have solidified the offensive line, which will be a big help. Um, Kent went away from the running game, and I mean, in my opinion, that was my player of the game because uh, he he was amazing. If they would have kept feeding him the ball, yeah. they could have kept they could have. But that's my problem with Austin; he's too pass happy. Yeah, Ross Sherman had uh, eight carries for 58 yards. He had a long run of 20 yards. He also caught the ball three times for nine yards. So, I mean, the statistics aren't explosive, but he's averaging seven yards a carry. You can you can see that this kid has got some wheels. Yeah. Oh, he's you got know, a great first step. You know, um, he, hit, he hits the hole real quick, yep. and then he's, he's gone. Um, you know... I just, I really think that I don't feel the Cats are going to get a win until after Labor Day. Ouch. They need, they need some help. Uh, they need some more help in the secondary, and I think they're going to have to look to NFL Cats for that. I don't see the playoffs this year. I think I see the first pick in the draft next year. You might be right. You might be right. right. Thomas, uh, thank you. Everyone. And who's your player of the game? Uh, I told you, the running back. Oh, yeah, Ross Sherman. Yep. Appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Before I forget, I mentioned this a special announcement earlier in the day, or earlier in the show. And I'm not sure if they're still awake at this time. They probably are. Uh, but if they're listening, huge, huge shout-out to Barb and Steve Townsend for uh, another immaculate uh, concoction of cookies that they unloaded on me uh, before the game. We had a great conversation, as we always do. But Barb whipped up... Three batches of spectacular cookies. Peanut butter, and I think the other one was double chocolate. It had some chocolate in it. That was phenomenal. But my favorite were the Danny Mac cookies, which I refer to them as the Danny Mac balls. I'm getting a thumbs up from the producers in the other room. Mark and Will, all over the Danny Mac balls. Uh, they love them. Uh, 41-26, Ty Cats losing to the BC Lions tonight. Uh, not a pretty game for Hamilton. Travis Lule throwing for a career-high 400 36 yards. Email from Joe. Hey, Rick, uh, does this so-called CFL rulebook even exist? The reason I ask is these referees tonight were absolutely terrible. They were calling penalties for one team, but not the other. They missed a ton of penalties, mostly passing interference and face mask for both teams. I feel for most of this game, uh, the referee stole the show in the worst way. It makes the CFL look terrible. I'm a big CFL fan and have been for a long time, but this has to stop. It's getting hard to watch and is very frustrating. I feel the Ticats had a good start. It looked like we were getting back to normal, and then everything went back to the way it's been this season. I feel that Ken Austin has lost control of this team, and I think we need a change of coaches. 
because it's not working. We have really good players on this team, and we just need a leader to help us become a powerhouse. It was nice to see our defensive backs making plays, but at the same time, after half, they looked terrible. While sitting in the stadium, I've never seen it so quiet since Tim Horton's field open. I also wonder if the Cats could trade Gable if they are not going to use him. For the player of the game, I got to give it to Saunders. He showed up and did his job. Also, shout out to the online. Uh, they looked a lot, or the O-line, they looked a lot better if only our receivers knew where they were going. <laughs> we would have had a better outcome, I feel. Thanks, Rick. Joe from Niagara. Back to the phones we go. Darcy's on the line. Hey, Darcy, how are you? Uh, not too bad, Rick. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the way I describe this team is uh, discombobulated. I'm, I'm describing Ken Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, control freak, stubborn. Everyone wants Kent to go, but unfortunately, I don't see him going right now at this point in time. Um, I know I, I I know I've talked about it before. I really like people are saying, "Oh, run the ball." You're not going to see as long as Ken Austin's here. We're not we're not going to be running the ball. The guy who would have replaced him is gone now. The guy I would have picked, Orlando Steinhauer. I think he would have been a great head coach. Um, with regards to uh, the team, I feel, I feel with the next the schedule coming up, I can see them being 0-6, go 0-6, 0-7. And the fall guy for that, I believe, should be the D coordinator, Reinbold. Like your last caller said, he covers zero. The guy blitzes all the time. His, his defense is, uh, is no Orlando Steinhauer defense. It's pretty bad. It's when uh, the, like it, Orlando could make up for the – offensive um, inconsistencies last year because the right. defense was better. But now that the defense is terrible, everything shows. Yeah. So, hey, Darcy, I got a minute. I need your player of the game, and then we got to run. Uh, I'd have to say uh, the guys on the injured list, Butler, Davis, and uh, the guy <laughs> from Ottawa, whenever they come back. Abdul I, I, don't, I don't even know where, who, where the hell, what's going on with those guys. Well, Kane is the closest. We'll see on uh, Butler and Davis. It doesn't sound like they're going to be back anytime soon. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening to the show. Milsey had called in as well. We just do not have time to get him on. I'm already late. I haven't even gotten to a couple more emails and tweets that did come in. But thanks for all the calls. Thanks for all the emails. Our player of the game tonight is voted by you, the fans, BC Lions quarterback Travis Lule. And our fan of the night, our fifth quarter fan of the night tonight, it all came down to his monumental sigh, Thomas is our fifth quarter fan of the night. Huge thumbs up to Will Erskine for staying late and doing the fifth quarter once again. Uh, I'm back on Thursday after the Cats host the Edmonton Eskimos. 7.30 start time will be on the air at 10.30. You've been listening to the fifth quarter. Brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team on Hamilton's News Talk Leader, AM 900 CHML.